Hey everyone, this is Pastor Steve from Faith Community Church, and you are listening to Faith That Works, podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're so excited that you've taken time to listen to these words today. Our desire is that this would push you to a closer, deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. So let's go to Romans chapter 5. I want to review just a minute before we read. We're going to begin. We're beginning in verse 12 today. And a lot of you are real nervous because you're like, we got this stuff going on after church. And hey, good news for you today. I'm preaching three verses. Amen. <laughs> three verses. So for those of you that are really nervous, you're going to be okay, right? Three verses today. We're going to be okay. So I want to, so I want to talk to you. We talked the last couple of weeks about how in, in, in Romans chapter 5, Paul dealt with the idea of justification, right? The idea that my sins have been forgiven, I'm under no condemnation, no guilt, I've been pardoned, the innocent, I'm innocent because of what Christ done. He has imputed to me his righteousness. I'm justified just as if I've never sinned. I was guilty. Anybody in the room guilty? Guilty. But Christ has made me innocent. Christ, what Christ has done has made me innocent. And so I'm justified by faith in Christ. That's what Jesus has done for me. So in chapter 6, he moves the tone from justification to sanctification. So you're justified. So you're innocent. So what? Now you got to do something about it. We don't walk in works to become justified we're sanctified out of the idea that I've been justified, so therefore I live a holy life based upon the fact that God has declared me innocent. So I'm sanctified. You understand? So now not only has God given me the, the power over the penalty of sin, right? The penalty of sin, because I'm now innocent, is gone. I'm in Christ. There's no penalty for my sin. But now, not only that, I have the power over sin. Sin no longer reigns over me because I'm sanctified in Christ. So we can't keep blaming the things that we do on who we are. We're not that person anymore. That's not who we are anymore. We're in Christ, sanctified. Let's go to the next, let's, Brent, let's go to that uh, justification to sanctification. I want everybody to see this. We're saved from the penalty of sin through his death. Now we're saved from the power of sin through his living. I'll take a side note real quick because we were talking about resurrection. And someone said, well, how do I know that Jesus is who he said he was? How about the resurrection? If somebody says, you know, Christianity is one of many religions in the world today. You find me another one with a living Savior. You find me another one. Pastor Steve, you can't talk about that. It's Easter. Hey, every day's Easter. We ought to have that resurrection joy and radiance and, and fervor every day. Jesus is alive. He's alive. So that's what sets me apart from all the other religions in the world is that Jesus is alive. So last week we talked about the idea that we've got this identity crisis. We don't know 
who we are. There's gender identity crisis. There's who I am. We, I got to find myself. I don't know where I'm going. Just blah, 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 blah. And can I tell you, we need, and I'm not saying any of that's not valid, right? But I'm telling you our identity is in Christ. When we need to find out who we are, we must go to the owner's manual. Right? Everybody's trying to figure life out, right? Right now, I know some of you men enjoy building things without instructions. Right? You'll stare at your thousand pieces and go, baby, give me a screwdriver and duct tape and WD-40. I got this. Just leave me alone. Eight hours later, what was a shelf became a cabinet or something like that. You know, it just, you know, it, and with 18 leftover screws and a couple of boards. But don't worry about it, baby. It works. It's sturdy. Right, you understand that? We've, we've got to go, we've got to go to God. And that's what, can, can I tell you to be honest? People are struggling. You've seen it all week. You've been around it all week. People are struggling. Culture struggling. People are trying to figure out who they are. But they're never in the book. Some of you this week, not in the book. You brought in all this junk and garbage, and I just can't figure life out. I'm just feeling down. I'm just feeling discouraged. Just Hey, get in the book. Get in the owner's manual. He'll give you hope for every day. And so it's important that we get in that and, and let God teach us. So in order to solve our identity crisis, it's in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. So last week we talked about what we can know. We took, about, we took uh, 11 verses there. And these are the three things we talked about. We talked about that our identity is in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That's who I am. I am in Christ. Everybody follow that? The same death he died, now I die. I'm united with him in his death. I'm united with him in his burial. I'm united with him in his resurrection. You understand? What, what Paul tells us? He said, all to know him and the power of the resurrection. And we all love that, right? That's Philippians. Paul, Paul talks about to know him and the power of the resurrection. But then we don't like the next part that says, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Right? All to know the power of the resurrection. Amen. Amen. Give me some resurrection power. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Hey, can I tell you, you want life today? Try dying. That's what it's going to take. You have to die to yourself in order to live in his power and in his strength is what we identify with. It. Our old self, we talked about last week, what we know is that my old self is crucified with no power over me. Right? You got to stop blaming uh, uh, your parents for the way you are. Right? I got an anger problem. I've always had an anger problem. I'm going to have an anger problem to the day I die. No. No, you don't have to. Sin has no power over you any longer. That old person, no power over you any longer. And so what happens is, though, right, we talked about that we get stuck on Saturday, right? I want the cross of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You've applied the blood to my sins and I'm born again. Now we need to walk in Resurrection Sunday and we're like, I don't know, I like to hold on to stuff. Right? You're holding on to things. Because if, if you let go of everything and just walk in resurrection power, what does that feel like? You're kind of scared of what that looks like. What if you let go of all your anger? 
What would that look like? What if you said, God, I've refused to be bitter anymore? That unforgiveness, that thing in my past? No, I'm not. I refuse to let that thing weigh me down. That addiction? No, no, no. That is not, that does not have power over me anymore. Part of me thinks we wouldn't know how to act. We would not know how to live. In fact, it would feel like a lot less work and maybe a lot more fun. Right? Right? People have, we, we always talk about food, so let's go ahead and start now. People have bought your dinner before and you go in knowing they're going to buy your dinner and you don't really enjoy it because you're worried about if what you're buying and what you're ordering is more money than what they have. Or I don't want to be a burden. You, you know, I know, I know Mark Briggs buying my, buying my dinner here, but you know, I mean... I mean, I know he's way up in the FedEx world, but I, I, you know, I just don't know. Order the steak, no chicken tenders. Steak, chicken tenders. Oh, you know, ah, probably not the steak. I mean, he said he would buy anything I wanted. But wouldn't that be rude to order the steak? The answer is no. He's like, well, so everybody's like, Mark, what are you doing for lunch? You understand what I'm saying? Can I tell you, it's not rude to walk in the joy of the Lord. It's not asking too much for you to just let go of what you're holding on to, saying, think about this, cast all my cares upon you, for I care for you. What am I supposed to do then? If, if I'm ordering steak and not chicken tenders, what am I supposed to do? You take your time and eat that thing nice and slow is what you do. You understand? Right? And you just, you, you actually, in, you're supposed to enjoy it. Isn't that the whole point? Right? The last thing you want is your kids opening Christmas presents, then asking you later, could you afford this? What? Are you ruining this right now? So my kids aren't here, so I'm going to talk about them. All right? You ready? All right. So sometimes they ask me for things that I'm about to give them before I give it because I know the things that they enjoy. And so if I know they like ice cream, which we do in our home, anybody else are ice cream people? I mean, we're ice cream, we're ice cream people. We're, we'll go on a family trip this summer, and we'll have ice cream when? Every day. That's what we do. That's how we end the day. If it was open in the morning, we'd start the day with that. But, and end the day. But anyway. But, but, but if, if my children ask me for something before I'm about to give it, it does rob it of its joy a little bit. If I say, if, if I'm about to give them an ice cream treat, and they go, hey, 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 they have some ice cream, I want some extra ice cream, I want this. I'm like, oh, man, just took the joy out of it because I was about to do it. Will we still do it? Well, of course we will. It's ice cream. Will we still? But, but it loses its luster because I feel like they didn't trust me to know that I'm a good father who likes to give good gifts to their children. And so in the same way, when we cast all our cares upon him and we just walk in that freedom that Christ has bought for us, that looks a whole lot like ice cream. And joy. And, and what, what am I supposed to do now? You're supposed to enjoy the freedom. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
some of you and some of us, some of me, and I'm saying, I'm talking about me, right? And we might get to this in a minute. Because I, I woke up, maybe you wake up some days, and your children are heavy on you. You ever wake up like that? And, and they haven't called you, and you don't even know what they need, but your kids are just whew, heavy on you. And so what I have to learn to do is just give them to God. Give them to God. But then, am I not a good, well, if I don't, wait a minute here, if I don't worry, that I must not be a good parent. No, no, I've given them to God. I'm a great parent. Not, I'm not a great parent because of what I've done. I'm a great parent because I've said, God, they're yours. Because, see, I've positioned myself to understand that they are not my children. They, they're not my children. They are God's children that he's given me to steward in the amount of time that I have and in what that we do have, I've been given that to steward. And so we give them, we give them to God. And we lean in. And then I walk in the joy of not the worry, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God. I say, God, here they are. Here they are. And God, thank you for whatever you're about to do. Now I'm going to go off and have some ice cream. You following that? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to enjoy, right? And that seems wrong, though, sometimes. But that's resurrection. That's resurrection. And in the middle of that, to get to that point, though, requires death, doesn't it? That's the death that comes in. That's the fellowship. And sometimes God puts us through extra suffering, and we lean in. And then the final thing that we know is that what God says about me is true. It's true. Whether you believe it or not, God says it, and it's true. And here's some things that he says. He says that I'm alive. He says that I'm free from sin. Let's go to that next slide. He says I'm dead to sin. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm baptized in Jesus. There's newness of life. This is who I am. Well, I don't feel alive. Doesn't matter. Not feeling like blue skies today. They are. Feeling like the sun's not very hot still is. You understand? Even in the middle of winter, where'd the sun go? It's still there. It's still as hot as it ever was. It's just in a different position. You following that? So who I am is I'm free to sin. I'm free from sin. I'm dead to sin. That's who I am. So in Romans 6, there's three divisions here we'll talk about. We're going to go into the second one right now. There's the no, which we talked about last week. There's the surrender, which is what we'll talk about today. And then there's the serve. So once we know what we know, my identity is in Christ, right? I'm dead to my old self. What God says about me is true. What's the next step for me? Surrender. Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. We're going to read three verses. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. So the first thing let's look at. The first thing I want you to look at today about surrender is this. The first thing he tells us right there is do not allow sin control. Don't listen 
to its passions. But verse 12, let's look at that again. Let not sin therefore. Now therefore, anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, it's talking about what he's talked about prior. What he's talked about is prior is the idea that you consider yourselves dead to sin, alive to God. These are the things that we know. And because of that, therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. The word passions right there has to deal with your longings, your desires, right? You've said things like this, I just had to have that piece of cake. I just had to. Called my name. It did. And then after the piece of cake, regret, right? Guilt. Feeling terrible about yourself, right? Right? That, that's the longings. That's the, they're much deeper than that, right? They're much more sinful. They're much more evil than that, right? We, our, 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 the flesh, that old man wants to come. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Look at, let's jump around and look at a few words here. Verse 13 talks about your sin, unrighteousness. Uh, it talks a little bit later, death. Verse 14, for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. So this, this war with sin that we struggle with, but Paul's telling us right there, don't let it rain. Don't allow sin control. Let's go to the first slide if you would. The, first, the next slide. Do not allow sin control. Don't listen to its passions. Now I want to take you just for a minute to the garden. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, the, the garden talks about where sin was born. Let's go to the next slide. The next, in the garden of Eden, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, I want you to see this. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Now she saw three things. She saw that the tree was good for food, right? It was a delight to the eyes and it was desired to make her wise. These are the three things that drew her to the fruit. 1 John talks about those three things. Let's, let's marry these two verses together for just a second. Go back, if you don't mind. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, right? But is from the world. It's that pull, right? It's that pull. So if you look, the desires of the flesh, that's what it said. The tree was good for food. She saw that it could be good. She said, oh, that's going to, that's a different kind of fruit. That's a fruit I haven't seen before. I think I deserve that fruit. Why would God be holding out on me on something that's this good looking? That's got to be delicious. I've definitely got to have that. Even though God's word and God had already spoken that he said what? No. He said no. Hey, can I tell you there are times that God says no and you know what he means? He means No. Right? Right? Your kids have never done that to you, I know. Right? My kids will ask me something. I'll go, you know, why do they always go to mom? What's that about? Right? They go to mom. Hey, mom, can we still do uh, all that? I'll go, we've talked about this. It's already been determined. The answer is no. 
And then, then so I walk away, and all of a sudden I'll hear, And, you know, Mom, she's got the big heart. You know, she's listening. She's listening. And I said, son, what are you talking about right now? I just thought it'd still be okay. Hadn't I already said? Hey, son, I said. So now it's, it comes to the point in the conversation where I say drop it. Right? You just got to drop it. You got you to you drop it. It's, it's been spoken. God had already spoken. And it was, don't touch. It was, no. It's, it's a no. And, and why do we, why are we as a culture, why are we as a people, why is the church of Jesus still debating things that God has already said is the way it is? Why are we wasting time in conversations and debating and churches are getting split over things? Hey, God's already said. Is that wrong? Why do we even need to debate this? He said it was. Well, we're going to have a whole... Uh, we're going to have a whole conference about this matter. Well, it's a big waste of time. God's already said. You know what I mean? Hey, we're having a general session. We're going to go to San Antonio for three days. We're going to have a conversation if the sun's hot. We're going to get hotel rooms. We're going to invite in a bunch of scientists. We're going to talk about whether the sun's hot or not. Well, I encourage you to go to North Carolina in August. Save you some money. Right? It's hot. Right? It's hot in this room right now. I'm hot right now. Right? So, so I, I'm still wondering why we as a people are debating what God said. People are having conferences and conventions and people are debating. Well, we don't really know what the Word says. Yes, we do. We do know what the Word says. The problem is the world says, well, that would be mean to say that that's, that's the way it is. Well, it's not, it's, you know what I mean? If, if my owner's manual says, plug in the fan, I don't know about that. I don't know. There's got to be a different way because I don't want to offend the cord. What if the outlet doesn't want a cord? I mean, really? I mean, and then which outlet would I pick? I mean, there's several. Would it be discriminatory to pick a certain outlet over another? So I don't know. And the court is, is a certain, you know, I just, you know what? Let's, let's just not plug it in because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That's a terrible idea. Right? And it seems ludicrous, but that's what we're doing. Right? We're, we're allowing culture to dictate to the church. Well, you can't say that. Well, I didn't say it. God did. Take it up with the higher power. Don't kill the messenger all I, And I'm not even interpreting at this point. It's pretty clear. Now, I'm just saying, what are you talking about, Pastor? Fill in the blank. Pick one. Pick one. Hey, and if it's okay with you, we'll just stand on God's word. We're going to stand, in, let's clap for that. Can we do that right now? Let's just clap for that. Let's stand on truth and let's stand on God's word. That's what we need to do. Do not allow sin to control. He says right there. Then he talks about in verse 13, do not present your members to sin as instruments. Now members talks about your uh, think about it like your, your arms or your legs, the outward part. 
do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Now, what if we just, let's just suppose just for a moment that Christians acted different than non-Christians. Not that we're better than anybody, but I've presented myself to God to be used as an instrument of righteousness. Right? Anybody ever had, uh, um, oh, one of your kids play an instrument? Right? Right? And, and, and to, get, to, get, to get started on an instrument and how, uh, how terrible that was. So watch this. So he says right there, because I thought this was interesting. He says, so I, I looked up the word instrument right there. And I thought this was pretty interesting because of the way I viewed instruments when my kids were learning how to play them. The word instrument literally means weapon. Some, some middle school clarinetists are using their instruments as weapons. Are you following that? You know, are some band members in your life? You're learning how to play that, I can see. Good luck with that. I hope you get it because it sounds terrible right now, right? Because that, that instrument, right, is a weapon. Do not present your members to sin as weapons for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God. Now, this is interesting. Watch this. Go to that next slide if you would, Brent. Watch this. So do not be a weapon for unrighteousness, but righteousness. So that, that's the second thing we need to know. But now the word present there is interesting. The word present means to offer up for others' disposal. It's a laying down. I'm laying it down. I'm presenting myself to God. Do not present yourself to unrighteousness for unrighteousness to use me, but I'm going to present myself. I'm going to offer up myself for God's disposal. I'm going to lay myself down so that he can use me as an instrument for righteousness. you got to start looking at yourself differently, Right? This is not you trying to figure out and live the Christian life. This is you just laying it down. This is you living in surrender. Living in surrender. I'm going to lay myself down. I'm going to lay it down so that God can do what he wants to do. Now, I think this is interesting because in verse 13, it uses the word present two times but they're different because the Greek does it a little different than what we can see in our English. Do not present your members. So that means do not continue to present your members, right? That's the way that word's used. So you used to be a certain way. Don't continue to present your bodies, your instruments to sin for unrighteousness. But present yourselves. Now that present means but once and for all. So instead of being used, stop being used by unrighteousness and allow God once and for all, lay it down so that God can use you for righteousness. It's in the same way, Romans 12, 1, you know this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So he even says, present yourselves to God, I'm in verse 13 still, to those who have been brought 
from death to life. See, could it be that part of the problem today is is that the world can't see what Christ and the what Christ actually does in a person? Could it be that I look at a Christian and a non-Christian and when I look at their social media and when I look at their viewing habits and when I look at the way they talk and I look at the jokes they tell and I look at the movies they watch and I'm not trying to get legalistic here. I'm not trying to do that. That's not my heart to say, you know, I grew up Wesleyan Nazarene. I got plenty of legalism for all y'all. Right? Couldn't even own a deck of cards in our house. So I understand legalism. So we can't be legalistic. But surely Christians will look different, talk different, act different, view different things. Your Netflix watching history should look different. Right? The things you laugh at are different. The, the, the way you treat people at work, you can't be one of the guys or we can't be one of the girls. You can't be that. You have Christ. You're set apart. You're an instrument of righteousness for God. That's who you are. That's who you are. And so you act like everybody else at work. And then you invite me to church. I'm good. I'd rather sleep in. I'd just rather sleep in. But if you show me Jesus makes a difference, if you're walking in joy, and you're walking in victory, and you're walking in peace, and I know your world's on fire, but you refuse to be consumed. And all of a sudden, man, you're just got the joy of the Lord, who is your strength. You're leaning in. And I see you once in a while. You, you got a word going, and you got a scripture going. And you see, I see you maybe reading your Bible at lunch, and I see you got the Christian music station going on at work, and I see you not bogged down, and I see everybody else cussing and screaming about you, and you're just like, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Now all of a sudden, I'm like, tell me. Tell me. Tell me. It'd be actually a new kind of evangelism. It'd be a new kind of evangelism. It'd be called ask me evangelism. Because I'm radiating the joy of the Lord. Right? If you, am I, am I hearing, are you hearing this today? Are you hearing what the Lord's telling us today? That we could walk and be an instrument of righteousness. I present myself to God. God, you, and so I'm, I gotta be, I've got to be looking like I've moved from death to life because death is all around us death all around us decay all around me right you feel it right some of you come to church just for a couple hours to get away from the death and decay of the world but I want to encourage you to go out there and be a light be an instrument of righteousness for God so that instead of you running in here going, oh, yes, oh, thank you, Jesus. You run out there and say, bang, 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 bang. We're not shooting people. I'm just saying bang. You understand? Brother, you can't say bang in church. I mean, bing, boom, I don't know, boom. I can't say boom either. Zinga, 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 whatever. I don't know. I cannot think of the word, but you understand? Well, now all of a sudden, I'm influencing, I'm influencing, I'm influencing, I'm in the word, I'm in prayer, I got joy, I got light. Darkness don't pull me down. I'm not sucked in to Facebook. I'm not pulled down by my Instagram. I got joy. I've got joy. Now, don't clap because I'm losing my mind. Clap because I'm saying something good. My Lord. 
So gas is up. So what? Jesus is on the throne. And life is more difficult. I understand that. We're all struggling. We're hanging out. What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about Hey, I'm locked in. I've moved from death to life. The joy of the Lord, the hope of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, the victory of God. My sins have been washed away. I don't know. I might die today. That's fine. I'm going to heaven. To live is Christ. Whatever, Lord. I cast all my cares before you. And I walk in life. Just walking, enjoying. Give me a people group of people like that. Watch what God does. Watch what God does. Who just lays down. What are you going to do about that? I'm just laying down. All I know is I'm an instrument of righteousness for God. That's all I know. I present myself to God. Now, can I tell you how that happens? That happens every day. That, that's what Jesus was saying when he said, take up your cross daily and follow me. That's what that means. Take your cross daily and follow you. Because you're going to want to worry on Monday. Kill it. You're going to want to fret on Monday. You nail it to the cross. Oh, I got some doubt. Kill it. Choke it out of you. Put it on the cross. Nail it. Do not allow it to enter into you. Fret, worry, doubt, confusion. What are you going to do? Ring in your hand. Stop. Stop. Kill it. Well, that means I might have to go alone and pray. <laughs> yes, you will. I might have to steal away and lay that down before the Lord for a minute. Yes, yes, now, right? Can I tell you? I grew up in church my whole life. Well, you need a quiet time. This is why. We don't have a devotion time for the sake of feeling more spiritual by myself. I got to get down and die. I got to get in the Word and die. I got to get on my face God, Lord, I'm, I'm going to want to worry today. You got to take that away from me today. You, God, you killed that worry in me. You killed that doubt in me. God, I don't know how we're going to eat next week, but God, you've got to kill that worry in me. I'm trusting in you, God. That's a quiet time. That's a quiet time. You follow that? that, that that's, a, that's getting alone with God, and you work it out. You work it out. You get in the Word. You get on your face before a holy God and you work it out. Amen? Watch this. So we will not be a weapon. We'll present ourselves to God. Thirdly, sin, I want, you to, I want you to follow me here. Sin, since it's defeated, only has the control that you give it. Sin, since defeated, now, I want you to look at your neighbor real quick and say, sin has been defeated. Sin has been defeated. It only has the power that you give it. Now, can, I, I've been on worry a lot lately. I'll just say it real quick. And let's not try to flower it up, right? right? You ever heard the expression, putting makeup on a pig? That's what we do with worry. But I worry about good stuff. It's still a sin. Still sin. And I know what I'm talking about today is sin, and it's not real popular, but we got to talk about it. You know, it's not going to get me on television. I understand that. I'm not interested. Don't care. I'm not trying to grow an audience or a crowd. You can't talk about sin. It's not very popular. I don't, I'm not trying to be popular. I'm running for nothing. Just trying to tell you what God's Word says. And we got to talk about sin. And it will want to reign over you, but it can't. It can't. It doesn't have the right to unless you give it the right to, unless you allow it to. 
But you just don't understand. That's just who, see, you're not who you used to be. Your old, your old self's gone. It's dead. It's gone. So if you allow it in, that's you. You've heard me talk about the stray cat before. You can't let that thing in your house. Right? And then when it comes in your house, you complain about it. You let it in. What, what are you talking about? Well, I don't know what to do about the, what the stray cat's using a bathroom in the corner of the house. You get that sucker out. Right? You, you have to say, get out. You can't be here. But at the same time, you invited it in. So don't, I, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to feel sorry for people who let stray cats in their house. Pastor, I don't know what to do. You get it out. What I do, you just take care of it. God's Word tells us we, we only have to, the only, we don't allow stuff in. Don't allow worry in. Don't allow doubt in. Don't let confusion in. Don't let fret in. Don't let it in. You can't let it in. What are we going to do about it? Don't let that in. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Right? If ding-dong, somebody's at the door. They open the door, and somebody's got a big pot of pinto beans. No, thank you. I'm good. Take your stinky pot away from my house. Some of you like pinto beans. Don't judge me. But it's one of those dishes in my house. That I said, if I ever get out, I'll never eat it again. Because my parents loved them. Ugh. They stink. They stink. They stink. Stink up the whole house. I'm bitter. I'm trying to work through this. Okay, help me, Lord. Right? But if it comes in the house, no. 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 Some of you are going to wake up Monday morning. You're going to leave today. Or at some point, something's going to want to get in your head. No, thank you. I'm not drinking worry today. No, thank you. Send that down the road. I'm not having that today. I'm not doubt. No, I'm not fear. 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 I've overcome fear. Why would I be afraid? Get away, fear. I can't take you. You're not welcome. You're not welcome. Right? Why? Jesus killed you. And I died with him. And, and so when I died with him, sin dies. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to worry. I don't have to live in doubt. I don't have to live in confusion. Sin only has what you give it. Sin only has what you give it. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but you're under grace. I'll do a final illustration here and I'll be done. A lot of you know, and maybe you don't know, that I keep a bowl full of ping pongs in my office. Anybody want to take a guess? Who would say there's more than 200 in here? Raise your hand. More than 200? Uh, nobody's going to raise their hand, so why am I wasting my time? All right, I'll tell you. I'll just tell you for the sake of time. There's 168 ping pongs in my big glass bowl here because there's 168 hours in a week. And every one of these represents an hour that I either do what God wants me to do or I do what I want to do. And so I have to make sure that I keep my time in check. It's a constant reminder to me. And you say, well, 168, that sounds like a lot. It is. It's a lot. But at the same time, what did you do the last 168 hours? Right? Probably 20 things each of us said, well, I should have done, I should have done, I should have done, I should have done. It's up to us. See, we, it's mine. It's up to me. Now, I know the world dictates that I have to send so many as a provider for my family. And I, I understand there's only so many hours that I get full control over because the world kind of dictates me because I got to have money, got to have a job, got to have, have sleep, got to brush my teeth. That kind of stuff takes up some of my time.
But at the end of the day, if I'm careful, I'll have some left for me to do, to steward the way God would want me to steward. Does that make sense? So I want you to think just for a second. Um, let's see. I need a couple of people here. Oh, let's see. Emma, uh, Tracy, can you stand? I called you Emily. Tra can, you, can you stand? I know you're. Can you, can you and Justice come up here for just a second? Uh, you guys are just good. That's a good looking. I love, I mean, love me some champions and kings. I just love it. All right, so. You can clap for them, Mr. Bricky. That'd be all right. <laughs> We're going to get this type of thing figured out one day. All right, now, Justice, I'm going to put you right here. You can just face there, okay? And Tracy, I'm going to put you right here, okay? Now, unfortunately, I'm going to make Justice the devil, okay? So, um, so, here, so I was born friends of the devil. No, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me and, me and the devil were saddled up. I was born as a sinner, but at the same time, it took me five minutes to sin. And I lived in sin. So, I'm just going to toss these to you. Can you just catch one for me, all right? So, I, no, I'm, I'm sorry, you come over here. I need to go this way. It's in my mind making sense. Okay, just give me a second. I'm kind of going. So, this is how I spent my days. Let's just say this is time. In general. Or it could be anything. Habits. Let's just call it time for now. So I gave everything I have to the devil. You understand? I just, just kind of emptied myself, if you can follow me, to the devil. This is where I was. But one day, that's, you can set him, just set him on the floor if that's fine. One, one day, Jesus called my name. And I moved from death, and I watch this now. I turned, I repented of my sins, and Jesus brought the victory. Remember that hymn? Right? So now, I'm going to let you walk that way. Now I have switched teams. I'm on Team Jesus now. Right? The devil is mad about that. But I have turned from him. Right? Jesus called. I've turned, and now I've repented and I'm going towards Christ. So now, me and the Lord are playing catch. I give the Lord my time. But here's the problem. Here's where we get sideways. Boy, the devil looks pretty appealing. I mean, those are the, those are the good old days. And I... And... Uh, I'm still, I'm still. <laughs> Nobody sees me. This what I'm doing here. It's not Sunday, right? So I'm. But see, which, which we don't have to get. We have to be careful. If I'm going too much that way, maybe I never crossed over. Right? I'm, right? See, a lot, a lot of people still dancing with the devil, but they say they have Jesus. They're not. They're not. You can't have, he just said it, two masters. You can't do it. But the problem is, so even though I'm locked into Christ, we talked about last Sunday, I've got grave clothes. I've got grave clothes. And so what sometimes I do is my grave clothes pull me my attention 
The world pulls my attention. My cell phone pulls my attention. Boy, that movie, I know I, it's so good though. That's, I shouldn't be what, I shouldn't be, right? And I'm not saying this is a daily pattern, but I'm saying, you see how, you see how all this works? You see how, and, he, and here's what I'm saying. So, can, I, can I encourage you to do something today? This just came to me. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. It's yours. It's yours. I'm out. It's, it, it's yours. Now, that, that's some loosey-goosey theology in that, but you're following that, right? I'm just, I'm just going to surrender. I'm just going to give it to him. And then guess what? what, what now, now well, well, what are you going to See, the devil can't. You think, you think he's going to give my ping-pong balls to the devil? Think, you think Jesus is going to give my ping-pong balls to the devil? No, he's, he's got them. So I surrender my, so I got to be, I got to, this is where I have to die. I have to die to self and lay up and pick up my cross and give Christ and surrender. Only, only what I let him have is all that he gets. It's all, all he gets is what you give him. Thank you guys. You can, you can, you can be seated. Give them a big hand as they're picking up ping pong balls. I'm sorry, brother. So here, Put up the last slide. Here, here, here's the question. Who, who's in charge? Well, Jesus is in charge. Your life doesn't look like it. Your, your life doesn't look like it. Your mouth doesn't look like it. Your habits don't look like it. Your, the way you conduct yourself doesn't look, it doesn't look like it. So I want to encourage you today to surrender. Just surrender. I don't care if you've been a Christian for six months or 60 years. We all could use a fresh dose of surrender. Laying it down. God, I just, I just lay myself out. I am a living sacrifice. Please accept me, God, holy and acceptable to you. God, I am not embracing what sin has wanted to pull me down. God, I walk in the newness I have been transferred from death to life, and I give you full control. Would you bow your heads and close? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m., and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day, and always remember that Jesus changes everything.